Joshua chapter 5, verse 10 through verse 12. Joshua chapter 5. Y'all praying for me? Joshua chapter 5, verse 10 through verse 12. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover. Unleavened cakes, parched corn in the selfsame day. This is my verse, verse 12. And the manna ceased. And all of God's people said, Amen. On your way to your seat, tell your neighbor, it's coming from a different direction. Can you see it? Look at somebody else ask him, did you hear what I just said? Tell him it's still coming. But from a different direction. quickly when we look at the historical narratives of the Old Testament we're not looking at one of the ancient civilizations that we extensively study in school the Bible says this people group were not called because they were one of the greatest but because they were one of the smallest. Israel. It's the history of what we say God's chosen people. And sometimes I believe it's imperative that we revisit our church vernacular and language because I believe we have misrepresented some of the vocabulary. Like the word anointing. We throw it around. We call everything anointed. Preachers that are loud. Singers who are greatly skilled. Even people's fried chicken. We call it anointed. But I want to live to you. That although your style. Can be anointed. Your style is not synonymous with the oil. And because we have lifted up style as the anointing, there are individuals in the church who feel like they can't be anointed unless they sound like you. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, it doesn't have to be loud to be God. So, we, so anointing and another word I believe we need to rediscover is the word chosen 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 some people think chosen is a reserved parking spot or reserved seat at the holy convocation but you have not been chosen until you wish you could give it back oh I'm not screaming but I'm preaching right here 
There are people who are jealous of your position and you wish you could give it to them. I need the chosen people to scream at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I didn't ask for this. As a matter of fact, there are moments I wish I could be anointed and anonymous. There's some people who love the spotlight, but you have to re reconsider that the more public you are, the easier target you become. Chosen. Chosen. And being chosen is not necessarily being special. Because all of us are special. <laughs> but if you're the oldest or the firstborn of siblings... You know, being chosen is not about being special. Being chosen is about responsibility. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you want this, but can you carry this? And this was the problem with Israel trying to get the Ark of the Covenant back in Zion. Because they thought that they would bring it in on their convenience. A cart with wheels. But I come to declare to the Levites in this room. That this next move of God will not come through your smoke machine. Your spotlights or your screens. This thing got to be carried on your shoulder. <laughs> chosen. Israel is chosen by God. And we get to see them up close, the nuances of their movement, uh, the contradictions of their chosenness. Because the truth is, all of us with our anointed selves are the embodiment of some sort of contradiction. Are y'all going to leave me out here by myself? I'm saved and I know it most of the time. I'm prophetic that I can see into your future, but oftentimes I can miss things that are right up on me. Whew. A seeming contradiction where I'm very strong and at times very weak. Not different days of the week, but sometimes all at the same time. Lord, I believe, hallelujah, but help thou my un I need you to tell somebody I'm surviving my own contradiction so why are you in your feelings because you said I walked past you and didn't speak to you it may not even be about you I'm, that's why I tell worship leaders be kind to the congregation because somebody did everything they could just to get out of the bed and make it to the sanctuary mm. Mm. they're chosen they're chosen and they're in conflict with it. Because when we're introduced to Israel, we're introduced to Israel in bondage. Hallelujah. We're, we're introduced to them in captivity. And the Bible says he disrupts Moses and tells Moses, go down there and give them this message. Tell them I've seen their afflictions and I've heard their cry. My goodness. And he gets them out. Oh, he gets them out. He, he gets them out of bondage. After 400 years, 
He gets them out of bondage. But how did they come out? And I know many of you with our very legalistic background of sanctification and holiness, we would lift up the fact that they came out because they did everything right. And we would say they did, they came out because they kept the rules and they, they came out because they kept the law. The only challenge with that chronologically is that the law had not been given to Sinai. Well, the question is, how did they come out? They came out the same way we came out and we overcome by the blood of the lamb. I feel my strength coming out and the word of our testimony. I need you to send the word down. You're telling me, I know it was the blood. I know it because if it was up to the devil, I would be dead right now. And I know we shout about houses and cars, but I need at least 37 of you to praise it for the blood. It put full of blood. Uh, the National Baptist hymnal asked the question, what can then wash away my sin? Hallelujah. Nothing but the blood. Alas, and did. Hallelujah. My Savior bleed. And did my sorrow scream at somebody tell him, it was the blood. And the blood covers, and the blood, and the blood covers. And I want to tell somebody, you ain't got to put everybody in your business when you testify. Hallelujah. You got to learn how to hit the headlines and leave out some of the details. Because the truth is, some of y'all got these PG testimonies. And there's a remnant of us in here. We got a rated PG-13, a rated R. Come on, y'all. Talk to me in here. You got a rated. Tell your neighbor, you can't handle the whole testimony. And you ain't got to tell the whole testimony. If they ask you whether you did it or not, just get up and shout I plead the blood I don't plead innocent because that would be a lie scream at somebody tell them I plead the blood he didn't erase my transgressions he blotted them out I said he didn't erase my transgressions he blotted them out because if my transgressions would have been erased somebody would be able to trace it but the blood spot says something happened I don't know the details something happened but he covered it I need a hundred of you to jump up and shout thank you for covering me thank you because if everything would have hit the fan it would have been bad I'm going to give you five seconds to do this praise God for what the church people don't know about And he brought them out by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony brought them out of bondage and dropped them into a wilderness, a continual cycle. But while they were in the wilderness, he was providing for them. He was sustaining them. And some of us take too much credit for where we are right now. You got to be honest with people. Everything bad about me is me. But everything good about me is God. It ain't my last name or my credit score. Testify to somebody. Tell them he's really been good to me. He's been better to me than I've ever been to him. And the reason why I praise him like I do. Because you know the headlines. But I know the details. 
the reason why I praise him like I do because I am a recipient of his grace and mercy every once in a while I just break out and start hollering because I consider where I was last year I'm in a different place I'm in a different place I'm in a different place somebody just shout I'm in a different place I'm in a good to me even though they were in the wilderness he was preserving them he was preserving them in the wilderness the bible says their clothes didn't wear out that's what favor would do to you people are jealous of you and they think you got more than what you got favor will make you look good in an ugly season Hallelujah. They think it's a new outfit. They don't know it's an old dress with new accessories. Hey, they thought it was Nordstrom's, but really it was Nordstrom's rack. Favor will fix it. I'm telling you right now, favor is on somebody in such a way tonight that when you jumped up and started shouting, you had it by November, the price came down and your money just increased. Scream at somebody, tell them I ain't got to have the money. I'll take the favor. Take the favor. I'll take the favor. The Bible said he preserved them in the middle. While they were between blessings, he preserved them. While the enemy waited for them to die in the middle. I just want to stop in this moment and tell somebody that your enemy does not have the hand, hallelujah, of your provision. Mm, hallelujah. They can take your contract, but they can't take your provision. Huh? You hear me? They can put out rumors against you, but they can't stop God from blessing you. God preserved them in the middle, in the in-between. And the Bible says it came a day that not only, hallelujah, that their Moses died, but their miracle ceased. Yeah. Not only did Moses die, but their miracle ceased. What are you saying, Bishop? He had provided them this miracle manner, which means what is this? Every day. Some of us have to acknowledge that in this last season, we've been managing the daily miracle. Hallelujah. Managing daily miracles. And then the scripture says, after a whole generation dies out, hallelujah, the manna cease. And I'll bring this to a conclusion now. Thank you for your patience. Why would a good thing come to an end? Why would God bring a good thing to an end? Because it's one thing when God takes a bad thing. But tell your neighbor, even good things die. Yeah. What happens and why would God bring a good thing to an end? For all my note takers, number one, it was never meant to be permanent. Permanent. 
some of us, the reason why we want to hold on to miracles because we're not willing to work the principles. A rent payment should be supernatural. I'm tired of praying for rent payments and cell phone bills. I want to ask God for a cure for cancer. I want God to give us a supernatural download. Tell you, neighbor, it was never meant to be permanent. I want to speak to some of you pastors in here. Do not hold on to people past their season. I'm going to tell all of you that got BFFs that you just met a few days ago and you're trying to hold on to them. Anybody that want to leave you in this season, let them leave with your blessing. Scream at somebody, tell them I'm not begging anybody to stay with me. Some of us, the only reason why the relationship turned bad is because we were not willing to release it when God told us to. Even good milk turns bad when you hold on to it too long. When you hold on to stuff past this season, God will let it turn against you. I said God will let it turn against you and some of you are rebuking the devil and some of you are mad at friends you still stalking their Facebook page but let it go I need you to tell three people in your station tell them let it go let it go because what left you is not connected to your future it's only connected to your past I'm going to give you a big test in here I want you to praise God for who exited go ahead go ahead praise him for who exited I'm not mad at nobody I'm not bitter I don't need to make a subliminal Facebook status it was what it was come on tell three people tell them it was what it was I'm not jealous of them I don't hope you fail I hope you succeed but you're going into the next season without me to the point it has hindered some of our production because you can fall in love with people in such a way that someone who is a wall you will put in the place of a door and there's some people who are not in love with you they're in love with who you what you do they haven't taken time to really know you they're in love with what and so out of their fear of losing their space my god out of their fear of losing their access they will sabotage people around you and make you feel like they're the only ones that got your back and they end up hindering your production because what God is about hey I feel God right here hey, what God is about to release in your life you need more than your present team to produce it you hear me Hallelujah. I need you to tell three people tell them there's some new people coming around you might as well get over your feelings you might as well get over your emotions our ministry is bigger than where we are right now as a matter of fact some of you didn't got too common anyway you didn't got too familiar. So God has to switch people up. Uh. Uh. It was never meant to be permanent. So why would God bring a good thing to an end? Point number two. God will bring a good thing to an end when he wants to reveal himself. Because many of us only have a one-dimensional relationship with God. Now, I'm not telling you that who you, need, who you know God to be is wrong right now. But I believe our theology should be progressive. 
Yes, we have a foundation. Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But that one is bigger than a numerical number. That one deals with self-sufficiency. El Shaddai. Oh my God. God says, I want to reveal myself to you. You've only taken off of the realm of who I am. But God says, I want you to come deeper. So to get you deeper, sometimes I got to let a brook dry up. Hallelujah. To bring you deeper, I got to let you lose a couple of contracts. To get you deeper, I got to let the place that used to feed you, feed you no more. What do you do when there's a famine in Bethlehem? The house of bread. God says, I want to reveal myself to you in a new way. Y'all, please be seated so I can expedite my points. God says, I want to reveal. Whoa. I want you to experience me as Jaira. I want you to experience me as Rafa. Uh, I want you, I want to reveal myself to you. I want you to see another side of me you've never seen before. The rabbis said God himself is like a precious gem. Every time you look at him, you see another side of him you've never seen before. Now the older mothers I grew up with, they won't know rabbis, but they had a revelation. They would say every day with Jesus mm, is sweeter than the day before. That's why I don't have time to preach about haters. As a matter of fact I don't have no enemies that I know about hallelujah anybody who don't like me they just don't have a revelation of me glory be to God look at your neighbor tell your neighbor I'm too busy talking about God I need preacher friends that like having Jesus talk I don't need to hear that doc how many members you got as a matter of fact we ain't got no members they don't belong to none of us stop sitting around how much money y'all raise it don't matter cause as a lab, the Lord don't build the house those who labor labor in vain scream at somebody tell them I want to talk about Jesus Tell me what you've been reading. Tell me what God said to you in prayer this morning. Uh oh, I'm talking crazy. Look, look. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Because you know why? Because there's some people who do church, but they don't do God. What did you write down in your prayer journal? What did the Lord say to you? And that's why some people are so churched out and talking about I don't get fed because you wait to come here before you eat. Eat one day a week, you will be hungry. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, this is not a daycare. This is an army. All you keep on doing, you stay trapped in the spirit of offense. And every time you need to be fed, you scream. And every time you need to be changed, you holler. But when you grow up in God, you start changing yourself. Hallelujah. When you grow up in God, if you need a word, you feed yourself. I said, I want to reveal myself. Why would God bring a good thing to any? To mature you. To mature you. Every time you feel an absence of God's presence, that is not always a sign of sin. There are moments in your life as a believer, as you walk with God, you'll find yourself in a suspended place. A Eli Eli place. An intertestamental period where you have to worship in the silence of God. That's why we got to mature because we have turned worship into a sensory experience. Yes, I can feel him in my hands and yes, I can feel him in my feet but can you worship him without feeling him? Hallelujah. Is there anybody here other than me you've had to worship God without understanding God? Anybody 
somebody here other than me you've had to praise him without feeling it in your feet you have to go by what you know it's a decision it'll mature you sometimes God will stand back off of us to lure us because if he keeps showing up where we always have experienced him we'll never have a desire to go any further than where we are ho ho and some of you are going to get a revelation that some of the systems you were a part of were not demonic they were just limited somebody shout switch and your survival is going to be determined by your ability to pivot and obey God quickly. I said obey God quickly. Because delayed obedience gives the enemy of your anointing an opportunity to produce. I don't have time to preach about that. So God says, I'll pull back off of you. I'll dry up a whale to mature you because you don't know where you are in God until you've had to serve in his silence see 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 because y'all only tell one level of testimonies y'all tell the testimony how you put in an application and the woman called you before you walked out the building and said you know what it's something about you see y'all tell the testimony about how you was in the store and the white lady said there's always a white lady the white lady said you know what are you a Christian I'm going to pay for your groceries we only tell the story about how we went to the doctor and the doctor says I don't see no cancer but that's another side of God oh my God there's another side we don't talk about and that's faith too yes it's faith when God heals bodies yes it's faith when he divinely provides but it's also faith when you have to stand by a casket of somebody that God could have saved and he chose not to scream at somebody tell them and that's faith that's faith that says I don't get it I don't get you but I worship you I don't understand you I don't even agree with your decision but I'm bringing myself in agreement the Lord give it and the Lord take it away but bless it bless it I need about 50 of you in this room to praise God for what you don't understand praise God because of what you went through the last season because those moments mature us you don't know where you are in God I'm going to tell you two things that will reveal your level of maturity in God two things your giving because you can't fake that well and then I'm going to say prayer but not your ability to pray because prayer has become popular in our culture no really to the point it's almost like now people are praying for the audience and not for God no 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 really their language is to impress the crowd and not God so I believe maturity is seen and given and not just prayer but what you pray for and that's why some churches right now you're illegal because you got the name international on your church name and you don't even pray for the nations nobody in your church got a passport y'all not talking to me in here 
nations. Do you really believe that? So how what you pray for reflects reflects your spiritual maturity. If your prayers never leave your house, if your prayers never leave your needs, that reveals you and where you are in God. So God says, I'll take you through a season where I shut up the miracle to mature you. And, and, and one more point. It says, the Lord gave this to me. He says, I'll end a good thing when I'm shifting you from a receiver to a producer. I'm going to test y'all out in this room. Lay hands on somebody's shoulder. Tell them, I'm getting ready to bless you. Look at, look at y'all. Look at you. Now, if I say, oh, receive a blessing. Now, tell somebody, I'm getting ready to bless you. My tithe is getting ready to shift the economic status of my church. I'm going to pay off people's student loans. I'm going to give away cars. I'm going to give away houses. Somebody shout, Lord, you can trust me. Somebody shout, I'm getting ready to bless my pastor. I'm shifting you from always being a receiver to being a producer. The Lord says, I'll end a good thing to keep it fresh. To keep it fresh. See, if you keep something, if you even kept the miracle manna past its day, it will make you sick. So he told us to pray in Matthew chapter 6 in the disciples prayer. Give us this day. I know y'all been in church all weekend. Give us this day our, our, our daily bread. I need you to send word down here and tell them something new is coming. Tell, them, tell somebody something fresh is about to be released. And tell them you will have it by November. Huh? Oh, hey, hey. Something new. That some of you like the mundane. But there's a remnant of us in here. We got a holy frustration. I need more than a church service. I want to see the manifestation of everything God declared over my life. I come to speak to somebody in this room. It's going to happen so quick. It's going to make your head swim. It's going to be one thing on the hill of another. I want you to run out of your seat and tell your neighbor, it's still coming. It's still it's been a long time coming, but it's still coming, but it's coming from a different direction. He's not going to use the same people. It's coming from a different direction. It ain't coming from the way you thought it was coming. It's coming from a different direction. For he that will come, shall come. I, 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 I will not tarry. Here to tell me it's still coming. You're crying and you're crying. You're suffering and you suffer. But tell somebody it's still coming. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the glory, to the glory that shall be revealed. Pull on your neighbor and say, snap out of it. Get out of your feelings and look for it. Look for it. It's going to be more than what you prayed for. Look for it. 
for your shame. He said, I'm going to give you double. Look for it. Look for it. Look for it. I'll preach better next time. What is it? So the Lord began to speak to me on my way here tonight. To he began to communicate to my spirit. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I felt the movement of God when our flight was delayed. Hallelujah. To look at the timeline of where we are. Look at the timeline of God. And I know some of you, you just think it's September, but when the sun went down tonight oh my god I felt my strength coming out I said when the sun went down we just came into a new year now the challenge with that is we thought when a new day comes in our Greco Greco culture we would say the new day starts when the sun comes up but in Judaism pastor a new day comes in sundown. I want you, you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and give them eye contact. Tell them, I know you can praise him, but can you praise him in the dark? Can you praise him without the details? Can you praise him not knowing how it's coming, but you know it's coming? I'm looking. We we have come into Rosh Hashanah, the year 5784. I know the prophets have declared different things, and many have said and come in agreement by two or three. Oh, let every word be established that this would be a year of an open door. 5784. Starting off in the head of the year, we're standing in the midst of the feast of trumpets. In other words, every new year in Judaism comes in with a sound. Mm, hallelujah. And I'm on my way to my seat. I feel God right here. <sighs> and when we release the sound, what we're announcing is that the divine is now intervening in man's matters. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody scream, he's about to get in my business. This is not just a new year, but this is the Jewish civic year. And God says, as you come into this new season, what I'm about to release to you is getting ready to set your ministry up for the next 10 years. I'm not telling you your church ain't going to have no warfare. I'm declaring to you the warfare you did have has finally come to an end. You're in a new place now. So now we've come into the 10 days of consecration where God, yeah, I can't wait for my shut in. I'm about to shut in, y'all. Where God Himself, where deity, where the divine invades man's matters. Uh, I declare to you, uh, I prophetically said it to you earlier, and I hope you hear it in the spirit. There's something that you've been having in your head, and you didn't conjure it up, but there's some ideas that God put in your mind. 
That's why you had to come to Ignite because the truth is, some of us are still catching our wind from the last season. We're like the Israelites. We're eating the old corn that's left over. Tell your neighbor, I know what it is to survive off of the residue of the last miracle. Hey, my God. It is that when he's silent, I hold on to the last thing he said. But God says, I'm about to intervene. I'm about to get down in the middle. And that's why I declare to you, yes, it's going to be released tonight. But for some of you, it's going to take the next 90 days and the next 120 days to, uh, to unpack what he said over your life. I want you to encourage somebody near you and tell them if you got an idea that you know came from God. Come on, tell him, I declare unto you whatever's been in your mind, he's about to put it in your hand. Oh my God, I said whatever has been in your mind, he is moving you from idea to manifestation. For the 100 of you that will praise him, God says you're about to find out what the warfare of the last season was really about. even with nobody and revenge belongs to God but the reward is coming to you hey I said I'm not mad at nobody but the revenge belongs to God but the reward is coming to it's coming in with a sound and and your warfare is the announcement I heard Pastor Kim say to the young man, the worship leader, that warfare is going to be your commonplace. Because if there is no treasure, there's no need for war. So let your warfare be a sign that something big is coming. Tell somebody, something big is about to hit your house. Y'all need some new friends. Find one more person. Tell them something big. That's why it's been so rough. Because it's bigger than what you prayed for. You thought it was one thing. But you're about to find out what's been hidden in the mind of God. Concerning. Your warfare. Your warfare is an announcement. I stand here tonight. I stand here tonight grateful. Because last Friday, uh-huh. around this time, yeah. I was in Rio de Janeiro uh-huh. at the International Book Fair because my book got translated into Portuguese. Over half a million people, I found out today from my publishing company that I was the number one seller. <laughs> Don't ask me for no money. <laughs> But after the, the book fair, we were going around to some tourist sites. And Brother Andre, this young man on the front row from my Brazil church, was driving and translating for me. And Brother Joshua from the Lynchburg church was traveling with me. He was sitting in the back. And we were following the GPS. And the GPS took us down a street. And while we were coming down the street down a steep hill, all of a sudden, two gunmen oh, stepped out in front of the car 
with assault rifles. One had an assault rifle walking toward us and the other one had a handgun. Whoosh. One came to the door of Brother Andre and started cursing at him in Portuguese. And the other one came to my door cussing, I guess he was. And although I'm learning the Portuguese language, in that moment, I almost forgot everything I knew to speak. But when the man got in my window with the gun, I grabbed a hold of his other hand and I said what I knew. In nome de Jesus. In nome de Jesus. I just cuss that in the name of Jesus. Because the name works in every language. tonight and not on the fly of a homegoing celebration you are about to find out what the fight was really about some of you had to endure the last three seasons with a lot of without a lot of information I'm serious. Some of you have had to serve people who hope you fail. And you have to pretend as though you didn't know. Just because you didn't say nothing don't mean you didn't know anything. But I come to tell you, hallelujah, for the stuff you had to endure and the pressure you had to carry I'm talking to the people in this room where anxiety felt like it was going to crush your chest I'm talking about you that lost people close to you and before you could break down you had to pull yourself together for everybody else that never could afford to have a whole breakdown. You smiled and went to the bathroom and had a minute breakdown just so you could be strong for everybody else. Tell the person beside you, tell them it's getting ready to happen for you. People think they know, but they have no idea. God says, I'm about to give you victory for secret battles. Tell your neighbor this victory is going to be for the secret battles. I almost consider. I almost consider. Maybe I'm not called for this. I almost considered. 
Maybe they write, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not chosen. Too much warfare and too much affliction. Because I found myself being a wounded healer. Well, I had the antidote for everybody else's infirmity. But I had to rock and deal with my own wounds. I said, an anointed person can't have this much affliction. Until I read a scripture that set me free. He said, many are. The afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord. I said, but the Lord. I'm going to my seat now. But I want you to run over and find somebody that you know and grab them by the hand. Find somebody you know. Pull them close to you. Pull them to you. Pull them. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I want you to give them eye contact. Tell them you don't have to give me any details. But tell them, but I know you. You've been strong for everybody else. But tell them, it's coming to you. But from a different direction. Hey, hey. The people who you help may not help you, but it's coming from a different direction. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.